0: This podcast is brought to you by Rehoy & Son, big supporters of local sport. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks once again to Rehoy & Son for their support of the show. Plenty to talk about this week. We'll look back and a fantastic afternoon for Guernsey FC on Sunday. A vital win in their bid to remain in Ismin South Central. Plenty of reaction to their 4-1 victory over Southall to come. We'll also reflect on a busy week of Inter-Island football. It wasn't to be for Guernsey's under-16s over at Springfield. And while it was a good day for Jersey's seniors in Alderney, they're through to Mays Marati Vaz final. Reaction to both of those games to come from Jersey journalist Dan Andrade. Plus, we'll look back at the cup football domestic this weekend. Um, a repeat of last year's final in the offshore commercial FA Cup has been lined up north taking on Rovers we'll be reviewing how they got there with James Faller um, but for now it's me Tony Kerr and alongside me is Gareth the Prevote. Hi Tony uh, Great to see you Gareth um, let's start with Guernsey FC because um, yeah, we were both down at Foots Lane on Sunday afternoon it, Well, I was in the sunshine I think you were at the uh, back of the stand probably <laughs> freezing um, but it was a, a red hot performance in a way from Guernsey FC one of their better um, results of the season And it's come at a really crucial time. 4-1, they beat Southall, who are up towards the... uh, or had been playoff chases going into the weekend. Um, Yeah, a fantastic result. We'll reflect on sort of where it leaves the Green Lions in a moment. But let's talk about the match itself. And there was was plenty to enjoy. Yeah,
1: I think it was probably the most professional performance I've seen from GFC all season, Tony. It was... um uh, like you say, it was against a side who were chasing the playoffs, and uh, the South have got a good reputation. They'd, they'd only, only um, the league leaders had lost less games than them this season. But for GFC to go and beat them four-one, they were just um, the home side were just really clinical, and I was just very impressed. I'm sort of looking down the team list now of who, who turned out for GFC, and you have to say everyone, one sort of one to eleven, and the the replacements who came on put in a hell of a shift, and it was a really well-earned, well-merited victory. And um, no, it,
0: it was very impressive. Yeah, goals from Jacob Fales and Charlton Govine in the first half. Um, that was followed up by strikes from Sam Murray and Wilfred Zackley in the second.
1: Yeah, um, very contrasting goals as well. It was um, the, the opening goal came from Keanu Marsh long throw, which caused absolute mayhem in the Southall box. I mean, all the people in green were chucking themselves at the ball, trying to get it over the line. All the guys in sort of navy blue were trying to get rid of it. And nobody seemed to actually hit the ball until it got to the, beyond the far post. And I think it was Jamie Dodd who turned it back. And uh, yeah, Jacob Follows was literally sort of inches out and he forced it over the line to put us ahead. And then um, the second goal was just an absolute beauty. Um, Tom Dodds won the ball back in midfield and it sort of headed back to uh, left centre-back, Jamie Dodd who looked up and just sort of thought, oh, I'll I'll take it forward. And he just, typical trademark run from um, Doddy, just uh, beat two or three players who weren't really expecting him to bring the ball forward and then looked up, he saw Charlton Govine sort of just on the shoulder of the last man and played an absolute peach of a pass through. And uh, Charlton just showed great composure to, to knock it in the bottom corner in the one-on-one with the keeper. And it was uh, just a real
0: quality goal. Yeah, terrific first touch as well from Charlton to, to take it into his stride before, um, yeah, tuck it away so neatly. So, um, yeah, yeah, fantastic to see him back in, in full flow.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he certainly was influential during his time on the pitch. I mean, he, he, I think he was sort of looking tired at the start of the second half, which is understandable. He hasn't played that much football, obviously, for a long time. Yeah. Um, to be fair, GFC probably should have been three up at half-time and I'm I'm sure Jacob follows won't have a clue how his sort of shot was cleared off the line in the last couple of minutes of the half because it for, for all from all angles, it looked like it was going in. I think most of the Garen Sam were already up cheering and somehow a Southall defender sort of stuck his leg out on the line and turned it basically over the bar from underneath the bar. It was a remarkable clearance. Um, but yeah, Guernsey FC still had that 2-0 lead at half-time and then... After the break, you sort of expect Southall to come out firing, sort of looking to get back in the game. But actually, GFC were continued to be on top for the next uh, sort of like 20 odd minutes or so and deservedly got uh, their third through Sam Murray, who in in a similar vein to Charlton Govine took his goal really well. Nice first touch um, to score. And then, um, yeah, from 3-0 up, it was very comfortable, but it was quite a entertaining last quarter of the game because um, pretty much anything and everything happened in that last quarter.
0: Yeah, it was a very busy conclusion to the game, wasn't it? I mean, Dave Rehoy ended up in goal. Sam Murray was booked for a, a dive when I think most people in the in the grandstand think he might have been, or <laughs> well, think the opposition player might have been sent off. I don't know. Um There was a a bit of a coming together on the touchline. Tom Dodds got quite fired up, some more fired up than I've ever seen him, to be
1: fair. You think it must be quite a bad foul if Tom Dodds reacts in the manner he did. I mean, there was a lot of bodies in the way from where I was standing, so I couldn't exactly see what had gone on. But um, yeah, Tom Dodds took exception to a a foul, which brought a yellow card for actually both both the um, Southall player and Tom's reaction as well. Um, as it turned out, that was the last bit of action for that Southall player. He went off um, injured, funnily enough, and uh, I think it was his replacement who scored the the equal, uh, not the Sorry, the only goal for Southall, which was sort of just bundled in. And th- there was just because there was still sort of twenty minutes left of the game, you just started wondering whether GF how GFC would react to sort of conceding that goal because um, the crowd went silent for a while. And You're thinking, don't start sort of sitting too far back. Uh, but to be fair to them, they they then pressed on, sort of determined to get a fourth, really, and they created a couple more chances. And Wilf exactly sort of got the goal his efforts deserved with a couple of minutes to go, when um, he he sort of prodded home from Danny Hales' cutback from the byline. It was just a it was just a really good performance from GFC. I, I thought they were just uh, very impressive in how they went about their business and. They got the job done and what turned out to be just a really great weekend for them because everyone below them in the table lost the previous afternoon. So um, it was they couldn't have asked for more, really.
0: Yeah, they're seven points clear of the relegation playoff places. Merstham, who are down there in that spot with a game in hand on the sides above them. But um, yeah, we'll a really good weekend and a special afternoon as well um, for Matt Loring. Um, playing his 350th game for Guernsey FC, just the second player after Jamie Dodd um, to reach that milestone. Yeah, incredible commitment. And he was given the captain's armband for the day as well, led the side to victory. Here's what he had to say at full time. Well,
1: congratulations on a a big win. What was it like to be captain of uh, Guernsey FC for such a big game like this today on, on your 350th appearance?
2: Yeah, it was really nice. Um, obviously, Doddy's our, our usual captain, but he's um, he's given me the armband today um, to mark my 350. So it was a nice gesture from him. And I'm just glad that I managed to lead us to victory today. Um, obviously, you know, it was a huge team performance and you can see that, you know, everyone was great today. So, um, yeah, just I think contextually, you know, we three points was big for us today and everyone pulled together. You know, it just showed, goes to show that, we you know, we put those sort of performances in and we could easily be, the other end of the table and pushing for playoffs, so it is it's one of those things it's it's disappointing in a way because you know you think where could we be Mm. compared to where they are in the league you know but at the same time we're we're happy to push ourselves further away from the relegation zone so yeah does it
1: say something about the sort of growing confidence of the side that you sort of you conceded one and perhaps in the past you might be thinking you know 3-1 we might be in a bit of danger here and then you go and score a, a fourth I mean does that show how your confidence is building?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, um, like I said previously, we would have gone deeper and deeper and just tried to protect the league. And, you know, we might, we might have, have clung on one. We had a few of those sort of games early in the season, but, you know, we are running on high confidence at the moment. Um, you know, no Ross today, but we still, you know, scored a lot of goals. Um, you know, glad to see Faz come back and score score a goal there and it meant a lot to him I know and um, Moz has obviously been great for us this season so and and Schultz and as well so you know we've we got goals from anywhere um I think the confidence is high we've got such a good competition for places and look at our bench today we've got some fantastic players you know we've got young players in the bench that are so keen to come on um and, and do well and they've got a lot of time left in the game but it just shows that you know you get a squad of players that you know are competing for places what we can achieve yeah. um so hopefully Fingers crossed, you know. Again, we've had a few new players come in this season as well. I think they've adjusted now. So next season, if we can just keep the same team, really hope we get a good start. And then, you know, who knows? But obviously, right now we're just trying to get the job done and stay up. So
1: yeah. And personally, you're not putting any sort of limits on your future milestones, three fifty,
2: but not feeling not feeling the legs yet. I'll keep going until um, until I feel like um, I'm not offering anything anymore. So um, I want to play as much as I can, but. Um, we'll see. Um, I know, like I said before, we've got some great young players coming through and I remember what it was like at that age. You're keen to play and I've played my fair share, so I'll keep going for the time being. But, um, you know, I'm happy as long as, you know, we're doing well and there's uh, Guernsey, you know, fighting to to go up that table and hopefully get in the playoffs and yeah so but we'll see I'll, hopefully I get a
0: few more in me <laughs> Matt Loring speaking to you there at full time Gareth and um, yeah I mean w- an amazing achievement to to hit that mark eh? 350 games
1: yeah it's, it is quite remarkable really and uh, he's just been a great servant to Guernsey FC he's sort of like when when you see the what the whole project as they call it was sort of built to achieve he he's the one, he's one of the those who's really benefited from there he's he's always been a very talented player very instinctive player I, I enjoy watching Matt when he's in full flow um, but um, I used the word before about the team's performance being sort of very professional that's the sort of attitude you get from Matt Loring every time he's sort of involved for GFC I, th- I mean I don't know him particularly well personally but I imagine he'd be the sort of like the coach's dream he'd do anything you ask of him and he's just always willing to, to do whatever role you want him to do and um, fair play to him for reaching 350 it was great for him to lead the side out and um- I don't. I don't think Jamie Dodd quite relinquished all captain's duties because he still was um, spotted chatting to the ref quite often, Doddy. <laughs> but um, no, it was, it was great for Matt. And um, yeah, like he like he said, um, I, I, I don't think sort of like the end of his career is is nigh. To be honest, he's still got plenty of energy left in him, and um,
0: I, I think he could be sort of pushing four five hundred appearances by the end of it. Oh, there you go, corner <laughs> laid down. A uh, coach's dream and a dream day for the coach. Let's hear what Tony Vance had to say to you. How
3: big a win's that for you? Oh, massive a yes, massive win you know um thought the performance was excellent as well. against a good side, um, we set ourselves up to to um, make sure we were tough to beat because um, we knew sort of or suspected their sort of threats and I'm glad we went with what we did because um, uh, we contained them pretty well and were' always the threat out front. but I thought the the energy, the attitude, the aggression was really good as well and um, choice of choice of sort of passing, um in terms of going forward. Um yeah, when you when you got like sort of muzz and faz like that up front, they're pain, constant threat and um, with John running in behind. Um so we had that as well. So um yeah it was it was almost a complete performance to be honest. Where does your centre backs come get all that bloody assist from and things like that, you know? They are your playmakers now, aren't they? No, yeah. Well you know I mean I sort of gotta give I mean Doddy um, playing him left side, obviously he's not 100 percent fit, but um, that was sort of vintage from him. But I mean, he, he breaks lines really well, and when he comes through, um, not maybe quite with the sharpness that he used to, but um, he's still able to do that, and it's a real asset. And uh, you know, takes so many players out of the game. Um, you have got to be brave, and obviously, some people don't like you playing out from the back, but there's there's the reason why. A uh, question I
1: asked Matt Loring actually was, having conceded when you did with sort of 18 minutes still to go does it show the sign of growing confidence among your squad that you then went to get a fourth rather than
3: sort of sit back yeah definitely and um you know i thought it was brilliant because we we'd started to um lose players Um people were sort of you know sort of looking like we might need to make changes and changes are sometimes good but they can also interrupt at what you you know a solid sort of shape that you've got and I think Liam ended up playing right back at the end um, when when Josh went off, Dave in goal. Um, but um, they stood strong and firm, and, and like you say, got that fourth, which was a real relief for everybody because it could have been wobbly. Um, it was a bad time to concede a goal because it let them back in, but everyone stood really strong. And um, so I can't praise the players enough. I thought their performance levels were, were really high today.
1: Would what happened during that game sort of perhaps make you rethink? Um, perhaps having a keeper on the bench I mean it is it's, it is quite Dave Roo is very capable in goal but when you look at him at about five foot whatever he is he doesn't feel
3: much of the goal for a split second I regretted it but but I mean I think um, my Stato's over there so he'll be able to tell me but I think that's probably fourth time in nearly 500 games so you know um, no is the answer probably you know at the end of the day rarely happens obviously when we go away we definitely only have one so um so now, um, you know, as I said, uh, I think I think it's more about the sort of the, the sort of ruling really of the concussion situation was really poor, to be mm. honest. But um, hey ho.
1: Now it's a case of looking to carry this momentum forward. Um,
3: There's not that long to go in the season, but you still need a few more points on the board. Yeah, probably. Um, I think that was a massive win, particularly when you look at the table. The table will read um, be pleasurable to look at because obviously. Yesterday, everyone lost around us, and for us to get a win was huge. Um, you know, it gave us sort of the opportunity, and the players took it. Um, but um, yeah, we've still got some games to play where we've got to try and scrap for some points and and just see us over the line. It's but it's been a a tremendous effort by everybody. You know, as I said, but particularly the players, um, they're delivering. And, and I remember saying in, in many interviews, is it, they need to deliver and recently they, they they've done back with abundance
0: tony vance speaking to you there gareth um yeah it's going to be an interesting run and is it i mean you know obviously a lot of positivity around the club now um coming into these final five games the two home games that are remaining are against the sides um battling for promotion um at the top of the table Basingstoke um and first Walton hersham um who have just a point between them at the top so they are both absolutely gunning for it um and then for guernsey um And then for the Green Lions next, it's a trip to Hamworth Villa, who are fifth just inside the playoff places. So they've got plenty to play for. Um, South Park mid-table at the moment. So you'd say um, of the games they've got coming up, yeah, you know, probably one they'll be eyeing up to get that crucial win, and then they finish away at Bedfont Sports, who are down in nineteenth in the table and have plenty to play for themselves because um, they can jump out of the automatic relegation places into those playoffs. So um, it's going to be a very interesting few weeks. Um, obviously, you know Guernsey are in um, sort of pole position of the of the sides down there to to escape, but um, yeah, they've still got a bit of work to do.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's one of those things. You talk about relegation, you always talk about the forty point barrier, don't you? And you just you just really want to see Guernsey FC break through that forty point for the season and you just get the impression that would probably be the safety mark but um, yeah there's only five games left and they do have to face both of the top two at home yet I think the way GFC are playing certainly in the last couple of months there's a the whole attitude about the squad that they won't fear anybody and they'll certainly be competitive I think in every one of those five games and yeah, if, if they get a couple of wins out of that, or, or even just sort of four points, you you would think, or you'd at least hope that that would be enough to guarantee their safety. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of I am a great believer in momentum, and I've, I think they've got plenty of it with them at the moment. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty
0: optimistic uh, that the that April will bring good things for GFC. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's <laughs> it for part one. Next, we'll be looking back at the inter-island football this weekend. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast here with you every Monday um, for the rest of the season. And now let's turn our attention um, to what happened in the inter-island football over the weekend. Um, Guernsey's under-16s were in Jersey yesterday to contest the Nigel Gave Memorial Trophy. Um, It wasn't to be for them on the day. Um, The Greens had taken a second-half lead, but uh, Jersey fighting back to take it 2-1. Um, Meanwhile, over in Alderney on Saturday, Jersey's um, seniors in action in the Marathi Vars semi-final after a a hell of an effort to to get there. um, There were some eyebrows raised, I think, potentially going into it at the strength of the Jersey side that they took over. Martin Cassidy um, naming a squad, obviously, um, uh, alongside um, the squad that would be named for Jersey Bulls um, for their match at Springfield. Um, But fair to say, um, Jersey got the job done pretty comfortably. They won 6-1. Alderney, they're getting their goal, which um, they will have enjoyed, I'm sure. But a bit of a return to some of the uh, more one-sided scorelines of oh. years gone by. To find out uh, about all of that, um, we caught up with a man who's been right across Jersey football for the last few years and, and right across uh, what was happening at the weekend. That's Dan Andrade um, from Sportscast Jersey. Um, he didn't make it across to Alderney in the end on Saturday. He was supposed to be flying on a, a very small plane, which um, w- wasn't given the go-ahead, I think, in the end. So uh, probably for the best. Um, so he stayed and watched the, um, the stream. Uh, But he was there on Sunday to see the under-16s match, and I began by asking what he made of it.
4: It was a good game. Um, It was probably a slow start, I think. Obviously, under-16s, it's their first senior. Well, um, proper Marathi in a way. Um, So both teams, probably a nervy start, I'd say. Um, But then I think Jersey came into the game a bit better, and um, through... Uh, um, the likes of Casey Nix and Conor O'Keefe were on the wings, were threatening a lot in the first half to break down, um, but there was one good save by by Duarte in our jersey goal. So it, it was it was one of those halves where it was a slow burner, but then once it got going, there was chances for both teams, and um, I think Jersey were the better side in the first half but it it, i thought guernsey defended well and the the keeper was just superb all game um it was save after save and it it was starting to look like one of those days especially in the second half when you took the lead through that folly and and it it just looked like one of those kind of days where it wasn't going to be jersey's day and um no matter how much we attacked how much we shot your keeper was just going to save it but then i think fergus got got the ball squared it to nixon and it was a really composed first time finish by nixon um and and there was they didn't really celebrate that goal it was literally get the ball go get a second uh is that kind of mentality for that goal and i think it was that sort of game as well where jersey were on top of a lot of it and I feel like the players felt like they should be winning it and I think that's what Jody Byrne would have said to them at half time. That you you're playing well enough to win it and go out there, show show some passion, show some urge and go go do that. And I think they responded really well to going a goal down. Um showed some really good character and um yeah the the winner was um Tom, Tom Gonzalez, and it was him his header at a back post from the corner. And the lad's only 14 years old, and he he looks a really good player. He didn't look out of place in the under-16, maratti at all. Um, obviously, really good header for the winner. And and speaking to him after, a nice guy as well, and Jody was full of praise with, of him after the game, saying, it's got all, all the right characteristics to go on and be a proper player and maybe even make it but like yesterday I, I didn't know he was 14 whilst watching him and he didn't come across the, probably the youngest one of the youngest players on the pitch and yeah he, he had a really good game. Um, but overall I think I think there' was a chance towards the end for Guernsey to equalize it at the front post but again Duarte made a good save. But again, it it could arguably be more if it wasn't for a, a really, really good display from your keeper. And yeah, it, it was a good game, good atmosphere. A, a lot of people came down to watch it. Um, a lot of people understand it. It rained for quite a bit of the first half, but it was one of those more where I think before the game, because of the under-18s result, there was a bit of... Not not tension, but like nervous energy around the place. Like, are we gonna are we gonna see the opposite of what happened <laughs> last year, or um, that that sort of thing? Um, everyone was like looking at the Star Trophy result last year and saying Jersey should be winning this one as well. But again, it's it's Marati Day, so you never really know how it's going to pan out. And um, yeah, the reaction after the game by Jody and. All the players just showed how, how much they understood how much Shaq game is and Marathi game is and similar similar kind of reaction to how the how your under eighteens one uh, celebrated your match and yeah, it was it was it's really good and obviously one one overall at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear there's a bit of nervous energy um before I mean, yeah, obviously last year um was one way traffic, um um, yeah, we, we've we've sort of mentioned it a few times. You know, the, the games were a lot of the games were were closer, perhaps than than the sort of red wash would suggest yeah. in the end. But you know, that, as you say, that that sort of Marathi football and um, yeah, two two really close games or or two good contests to start this season as well. So. Uh, so that's really good stuff. Um, and then the day before, Dan, you were supposed to be up in Alderney. Um, just talk us through, before we come on to the actual match itself, which I'm sure you watched on the stream, um, just talk us through the, the sort of chaos and the build-up because it was a, a real mission to get your guys there.
4: Uh, it was It, it was touching guy all the way until probably Thursday, Friday, and it, we we weren't sure what was happening. Credit to Dave Kennedy for and... Um, everyone involved in getting them there but um yeah obviously the weather last week was terrible um high winds and um yeah so the the ferry from um guernsey to alderney that we were supposed to be on got cancelled probably on the wednesday uh, i I believe um so (laughs) we contacted the airlines and luckily um, i think it was orini had a had a plane which was just getting fixed <laughs> so they were they said yeah we'll test test it on the on the thursday or friday i think it was the thursday and then we'll we'll know more about who can who can go and who because they at first they were saying only 16 on the flight no more um so it was, it was literally going to be i think the players and cats so um (laughs) at that stage uh i think uh, dave kennedy was pushing for 18 on that flight so uh elliot powell could go as well and um on that flight with the players and me brad Felden and dave were planning to go on a little plane over but last minute on friday about five o'clock we got told that plane was a bit faulty as well so... you don't
0: really want to hear that do you <laughs> when you're supposed no, to be flying up to so, so so in the end
4: it was good that the players went and i was looking forward to the trip myself but it was one of those where you look at the weather the next morning and it was windy and, it, and then you think about the faulty plane and it was like we dodged a bullet here really um but yeah, if, if the weather was nice nice, we would have been buzzing and would have gone over me, Dave and Brad, but the main thing was getting the players there and full credits to Dave for and everyone involved at o'rini o- for getting the players there and getting this this game um played because it's such a historic game and that was the most important thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Vital to get it on and, and get it on. They did, which is great. And, and you know, as it turned out, um, a fairly comfortable afternoon for Jersey um, 6-1 winners. And I imagine, Dan, that you, you watched the stream that ITV did. So um, that, that was great that, that people could follow along. And um, yeah, what, what was your, your view on how the, the guys performed?
4: Yeah, yeah. it was. I did watch the stream and we're all grateful that ITV did do that. Yeah, I thought they played well. And uh, obviously there was a bit of talk before the game about um the squad itself and how a lot of jersey Bulls players were playing for jersey Bulls instead of jersey um but i'd say everyone that stepped in and stepped up did their job and listened to Cass and sh- kind of showed Cass um why they they should be in the uh the matty final and um the Island Game Squad as well. And I, I thought the game itself, um, we started fast and we didn't really give Alderney a chance to get into the game. Um obviously Harrison Moon who who's played brilliantly for Groove all the season, um, he scored two early goals. Um and yeah, it was it was kind of one way traffic and we controlled the game having players there was four players in the squad that was in the fi- in the Maratis final squad last season. No those kind of heads in Johnny Lacane, uh Killshaw, Jack Cannon and Trotter, like they kinda of helped the probably not as experienced guys on days like that because you 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 always worried about not being the team that Alderney are gonna get or are gonna beat and um, with all the travel and with all the chaos that went before it, and then all the talk about the the squad itself, you can't even the most optimistic Jersey fan couldn't probably see, like, be overconfident about this game. But then you look at the players who did step in, and it, it, they're all top class. Like Carl Heinz, what a player this season! He scored in so many in the local um, league and he's really stepped up again. Um, he had a good game linking up playing, got his goal in the end as well. And then obviously Jack Cannon making history, um, equal in our Murati cap record um, with 23 on the day. And then he goes and scores as well. So <laughs> to have him and... Um, Obviously, Johnny Lucane, captain the side. Those sort of players really help the to calm the players down on occasions like that. And another name is Francis Lecky and he's for me been one of Bulls' best players this season. And he showed he's pro- probably not played under caps, um, so he showed cats a bit about him in that game and. Obviously the free kick was just superb.
0: Yeah, it was a great strike, wasn't it? Such a such a pure hit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think he's a really good player. Do you um, think he's someone who he'll be um in the mix for the Marathi over here then?
4: I, I think so. I think he deserves a shout at least. And I spoke to Cass after the game and he said he not not that he was surprised, but they showed that there wasn't this big a gap in kind of quality between those who were playing weekly or have played for him regularly and those who are just on the outside. and I think there's a few few players there knocking on the door and I think France just was certainly one of them
0: yeah I know you had um Martin Cassidy on your Sportscast Jersey podcast on um, the other week and he was sort of talking up the the fact that that he's got a really good pool of players to, to select from going into to the Marathian Island game so it'll be interesting to see who makes that final cut yeah, and you mentioned Jack Cannon, fantastic servant for Jersey football, and, and yeah, an um, impressive milestone um, to, to level that record. I mean, it's been interesting to watch from across the water. You know, a couple of players who have obviously been um, so big for Jersey in, in you know, over the years, Luke Watson and, and Jack Bull, getting involved in the Bulls this season. Do you think we'll see either of those two in the, the squad for the Marati? Uh
4: Yeah, I think um, especially Luke's done. I've not seen too much of uh, Jack uh, since he's returned, but. I think Luke's done well and he's he's added that extra bit for Jersey Bulls, that bit in midfield, the fight that you need um, in in those English leagues and I think he's certainly turned some heads. I think Jack, he I think he said in a Jersey post-interview um, himself, it'll take a bit longer because of his injuries that he's had and a bit longer to get to the levels that he, he was at, but no doubt he'll be hoping because he's a top quality player, and obviously Cass knows about him. He'll he would have been watching what he's been doing and speaking to Gary Freeman and what's what's been going on there. So it'll be interesting to see how much of the experienced players that he will call up, call upon and how like see how he mixes them with the the Miguel Cavallos and the Sammy. If Sammy gets annoyed, or it'll be interesting to see how he mixes those the two the two sides, the experience and the exciting
0: prospects. Yeah, it sounds like he's got some decisions to make um, for sure. While yeah. um, we well, got you, Dan, uh, I've got to ask you about the domestic scene in Jersey because I, I know you um, you put a lot of effort in and, and, and get around the grounds over there. Um, is it St Peter that we can expect to see in the the Upton this season?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think they're basically one win away from the league here. So I think they can win it on Saturday, in fact, if they... I think they're playing St Clement. Yeah, I expect them. Elliot Powell, obviously, I've mentioned him. um, He's been called upon for jersey coaching now as well. Him, Dan Garten, um, that whole, whole coaching team there, it's just been really good. I think it's three, four years they've had... A similar crop of players as well, so they've developed the same kind of team and players, and with a few changes, obviously in each summer. But they, they've, they've, I think they deserved. They obviously came close last year; it was down to a playoff between them and St Clement. But this season, Grewville have done really well as well. Um, they've had a brilliant season, and i was speaking to Richard Knoll about their season, and he he was he was saying, we might win every game bar one and not win the league. And it's it's that sort of season where the two at the top are probably clear at the top, but it's been a good title race. And you're watching to see if I, I either slip up at all, but they've both been winning. And yeah, to have like Tom Blampierre got called up to Jersey, he's, he's had an excellent three season seasons uh, Pierce Roach and goal he's, he's looking the part and is likely to push Ewan in the coming seasons I think in the Jersey Bulls goal as a squad and as a team they're really good and yeah it'll be it'll be a good option whenever that is and yeah i expect it to be sent peter barring a bit of a miracle
0: um oh thanks so much for sparing some time dan G- great to catch up and now you do a fantastic job over there so um yeah keep up the good work
4: no worries thanks for your work as well and yeah i'm really enjoying the podcast
0: Dan Andrade from Sportscast Jersey speaking to me there and if you want to see those under-16 Nigel Gavé Memorial Trophy highlights um, you can do so on the Sportscast Jersey um, YouTube page or get the link through their Twitter account and the inter Football continues of course uh, this coming weekend um, here in Guernsey it's the Star Trophy 12 o'clock kickoff um, for the under-15s down at the track um, with the under-21s going to Jersey um, for the Ambassador Bowl on the same day um, we'll have more coverage on next week's Guernsey Press Football podcast, and of course, um, in the pages of the Guernsey Press as well. Um, full previews, I'm sure, to come on both of those um, before the weekend. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Jim has joined us in the studio for the final part of the pod um, to look back at the domestic action for the weekend. Jim, the offshore commercial FA Cup final um, lineup is decided. A fairly one sided day of semi finals. North and Rovers booking their places in the final.
5: Well, if you look at the score lines, uh, then you know, and the results were no surprise when I mean, they both went in the way of the favourites. But I'd Say uh, fair play to Rangers and Sylvans for putting up a pretty decent effort against the top two in those uh, in those semi-finals. Um, I was at St Peter's where Sylvans actually played some really quite nice football, and to say they were humiliated down there by Rovers uh, six weeks ago or so, uh, it was a much more robust performance this time around. And uh, actually, you know, they were pretty good. And if they'd scored early on when they had the better of the chances then the game might have been a little bit different but once Rovers took the lead I um, don't think Sylvans were going to come back and 3-0 uh, was a fair result at uh, KG5 uh, not, Rangers put up some spirited uh, defence for at least a good half uh, but again once well, a while. I saw a match commentator say the minute North went 1-0 up, that's game over. Uh, and um, yeah, so it proved, I mean, if you're able to bring on uh, qualities such as Brandon Wallace off your bench, and uh, he certainly made himself noticed with two fine goals and uh, you know, a and, and good, de- decent result for North. So it sets up a replay of, um, of last year's FA Cup final and not, as I uh, tweeted on uh, Saturday by mistake, a replay of this year's Stranger. All I can say in my defence is I was walking while I was tweeting it shows
0: I can't do multitasking <laughs> <laughs> yeah I raised a few eyebrows I think I think Valrek thought they were uh, being called back into action I'd just finished watching rugby and I read that thinking something doesn't quite ring
1: true here and I just couldn't figure it out and very quickly I saw a Val Rec reply I thought oh yeah that
0: that I just
5: knew that the uh, North Northern Rovers had played in a cup <laughs> final uh, recently and uh, plot for the wrong one.
0: Do we know when the uh, FA Cup final is going to be? It's
5: supposed to be now Saturday 29th of May, uh, of, sorry, of April, so it's uh, after the league season so it'd be the last uh, meaningful game of uh, of the domestic season.
0: Yeah, and domestically speaking this weekend because of the under 21s um, there's nothing on the senior schedule is there so um, the next game's on the schedule um, next midweek Bells taking on Saints and Sylvans against Rangers and yeah, Rovers having to wait a little longer not till the 11th to potentially seal their prior title It's one of the challenges isn't it of, of playing the under-21s at this time of the season the under-21s when it started was
5: always played in November time mm. uh, and you know really who needs a week out of the Premier League season when you're, you're mm-hmm. this close to finishing it off. You know, it's it's like a really poorly timed international break, isn't it? Um, the Premier League wouldn't stand for it, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is a shame because... You know, if, if uh, Rovers are to go on and do it, I'm sure they'd like to uh, yeah, to nail it as soon as possible and start start looking ahead to options and things like that instead of just sitting, waiting to uh, to play those remaining games.
0: Yeah, quite. You mentioned the upturn. It was interesting um, speaking to Dan in Jersey um, about the domestic scene there. It looks like it's going to be St Peter um, who'll be contesting it from a Jersey perspective. Some eye-catching results, it's fair to say, in recent uh, weeks uh, in Jersey's premiership. Um, St Brellard were beaten 10-3 by Grooville and then a few days later beat Portuguese United 17-0. The Portuguese United story is uh, is really uh, quite depressing, isn't it?
5: But also, yeah, I feel that some of the results you've seen in Jersey's premiership in, in recent weeks say quite a bit about end-of-season-itis. And I, I say that's why... You know, I was keen to, to say how impressed I was with, with Rangers and, and Sylvans because, you know, they could easily be going through end-of-season artists. You know, they're just you know, nothing to... Well, OK, sorry, they had a final to play for, clearly. But, you know, in the league, nothing to play for. Yeah, there's signs that both of those teams are preparing quite well for next season. And fingers crossed that they might well uh, kick on a little bit.
0: Before we go, just a quick word, as ever, for Mayor and Alex Scott. Um The WSL um, title run-in is uh, hotting up, to say the least, isn't it? Um, Four sides in contention. Gareth, I know you've been following it. Um, What chance do you give Mayors, Manchester United?
1: Um, Probably almost a bit more of a chance now that Manchester City beat Chelsea on Sunday. I mean, Manchester City are now perhaps... I mean, I talk about momentum a lot, and I think they're the ones with the momentum. They seem to be playing very well. But for Chelsea to sort of lose that, that's um, given United perhaps even a bit more... Um, chance going forward. I think they sit top of the table and they had their second game of the season at Old Trafford on, on the weekend, which um, is great for the likes of Mayer to play in front of, uh, I think it's near enough, 30-odd thousand at Old Trafford to see them beat West Ham uh, 4-0. There's some cracking goals, actually. I saw the second half of that game. There's some really good goals in that one. But uh, yeah, it's looking um, looking really interesting at the top of that. and I think Chelsea are still involved in the Champions League and a few other competitions as well. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't rule out Man, Man United sort of coming out on top. I don't think they'll be regarded as favourites because they're still sort of building from, whereas they're up against perhaps more established uh, sides there but um, and they've also got um, they're also still in the women's FA Cup as well so they've, they've certainly got plenty to play for there mm.
0: yeah they played Brighton well next in the league and then again in the uh, FA Cup semi-finals so um, mm. I'm sure they'll be confident going into that one uh, Mayor's Old Club of course um, yeah on for the domestic double which would be uh, mm. some achievement in her first season meanwhile for Alex Scott he's away with England's under-20s this week um, victory well he started didn't he um, as they beat Germany um, at the Manchester City Academy um, and then I think came off the bench for their game against USA which was another win um, at the weekend they've got one more game of that sort of mini tour against France isn't it down in Spain Um, so things going very nicely for Alex there and a big few weeks ahead with the under 20 World Cup to come um, this season right we'll leave it there thanks very much guys um and thanks again to Rehoy and son um for their support of the pod um we'll be back next monday with another football show um in the meantime keep up to date with uh, everything that's going on in local football um, in the pages of the Gen-Z press six days a week monday to saturday and uh, if you're not already do give us a follow on social media at gsy press support it's a place to go on facebook twitter and instagram um right thanks very much see you soon